Well, we're back talking about Christ being King. If you would this morning, turn with me to a prayer, so to speak, a song in the Bible in Psalm 93. This is a hymn of praise, or as most of the Psalms are, they're essentially prayers teaching us how to pray, teaching us how to worship God. Notice here in Psalm 93, as it goes along with the other readings we've had this morning, by saying from the get-go, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as His belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. And now as we approach it once again, as we do every week, Lord, may our thoughts and our words be true to Your Word. Bless it now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord reigns. It's the way that this hymn in Psalm 93 begins uh, with a proclamation, which is the same way we began our service this morning on purpose, obviously, as we've kind of culminated down to this one point here where it's the last Sunday of our church calendar year, and we're saying Christ is King. He's still King. At the end of another year, He's still King. And at the end of next year, guess what? He's still King. If I'm not here, He'll still be King. If America's not here, He'll still be King. Christ is King. He is high and lifted up. Just as Isaiah saw that vision in, as recorded in Isaiah 6, where he sees the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. So, in other words, the hem of His garment filled the entire temple. That's how big He is. That's how high and lifted up He is. Now, as you know, when you're in a military fight, the higher position is normally the better position. Or, when you're trying to figure out where you're at, uh, such as on a map, a higher position is a better position. If you're lost in the woods, if you could just get up to the top of the trees, you'd be able to figure out uh, some type of landmark to realize where you are. And God is high and lifted up. In other words, He sees it all. That's the point here. He sees everything. He doesn't just see this slice of history, as we all do. I mean, we're all in the context of the third millennium. That is our context. That's what's been given to us. But for Him, no. He's, he was in the third millennium B.C. <laughs> He was even before that. He created the whole thing. He's been king all along. Some have recognized Him. Some have not. 
And this morning, we join the elect saints of God by saying, no, you are our king. Not any president, not any monarch, not any selfish throne, but instead, Lord, you are our king. And I think that's something that we need to proclaim to ourselves. You ever needed to say something to yourself? I know that, um, I won't mention other people, but I know that Meemaw, when she's in the kitchen, she talks to herself um, when she's cooking. It's like she's maybe reminding herself. I'm not sure what's going on in there. I, I never have really questioned her mental capacity when I've heard that. But she's talking to herself, reminding herself, okay, I need the flour to get. And I said, Meemaw, what are you doing? She's, oh, I'm just talking to myself, son. Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves and say, Self, you are not king. <laughs> now, maybe I had to do that this morning. See, that's, I have to tell myself, Marshall, you're not king. Everything that's not going your way doesn't matter. You're not king. There's no, you have no right to get angry or you have no right to boss people around. I'm not king. We need to remind self, myself. It's interesting how we work. We work in this kind of interesting way. I can talk about myself to you, and yet I'm in here, right? Just like you're in there. And yet you can talk about yourself. And we need to remind ourselves and talk to ourselves and say, look, Christ is king. I know the economy's bad. I know that things are, maybe things are personally bad for you. Maybe you're going through a storm. But remind self that Christ is king, that you're not. Or that nobody, not, not, no situation is king over you. No situation is ruler over you. It's interesting the title that Tolkien gives to his third book in The Lord of the Rings. Well, third volume. And that is The Return of the King. Because the reality is, there is a king that is returning, and he is the king of all. It's not just Aragorn, but instead, you have the king of all who's returning, who's been king all along. And this is something, too, that we need to remind ourselves of. Now, now what we've done the past three Sundays is kind of look at kingship in Israel and how it pointed to God being the true king. We've also looked at God's kingdom in this earth, instituted by Jesus Christ. But now I kind of want to point ahead, not back to Israel or not now to the kingdom of God now in you, but instead point ahead this morning uh, to the future and say there's going to be a return of this king mentioned right here. Now, David wrote somewhere around 1000 B.C. So we're removed somewhere around 3000 years from this writing here that we've read this morning. It's a very ancient writing. And yet, it's a very appropriate writing. It's what we need to hear. And this is the way he begins this prayer is by saying, The Lord reigns. I need to remind self that the Lord reigns. Even when I can't see 50 yards in front of me, the Lord reigns. When my job is not secure, the Lord reigns. When the finances are not secure, the Lord 
reigns. And what, what happens when the king returns? There's security. He's reigning. He's ruling. So my security is not found in my ability to produce, my ability to get, but instead in Christ's ability to secure and to rule. He can Remember, he's high and lifted up. He can see over the hill that I can't. And there are some seemingly insurmountable obstacles that come in our life at times. There are things that all we can see is that mountain in front of us. Nothing else is even registering. And that's when we need to say, the Lord is high and lifted up. (laughs) And no matter what happens to this old body, no matter what, what happens to my finances, no matter what happens to my family, no matter what happens, He still reigns. It's not just some type of teddy bear idea to keep us cozy at night, but instead it's a reality. He really is reigning. And the only reason He's not revealed to the entire world right now is because of His grace. If He stepped out to secure everything right now, it'd be over. There would be no more opportunity to choose Him. It, it, you know, it's like, the, it's like the author of the play stepping out. The director, he's coming out, you know. Alright guys, thanks for coming. We appreciate you being here. You know, thanks for playing. As I say sometimes to my students at the end of a, a series of lectures. Say, thanks for playing. Come back next time. You know, when he steps out and says thanks for playing, it's over. The game of life is over. And this is why he is veiled. And we kind of remember, as we said last week, are his his foot soldiers in this war of sabotage. We are convincing people on the enemy's side to come onto the true side that's going to win. In other words, we're saying, look, the kingdom of this world is going to be toppled. Get on the winning side. The Calvary's coming. And that's our hope, guys. That's, our, that's the affirmation we need to make this morning is the Lord reigns. It's what we proclaim. It's what we believe. Notice where he goes next. He says, the Lord is robed in majesty. Now we, we looked at Psalm 8 that talks about his name is majestic in all the even Christopher's prayer this morning. He said that God is majestic. He's excellent. In other words, He is high and lifted up. He's glorious. He's the true word, awesome. He's awestruck. We're awestruck by Him. We have nothing to say. Have you ever looked at something that was so beautiful you had no words? Maybe it was a child. You just, I don't even want to say. Beautiful. There's no word that could describe what I saw when I went to the Grand Canyon. It's, I mean, you're just standing there and you're thinking... Wow. This, I don't know what to say. This, okay. That's what we get when we get when we talk about God being awesome, majestic. I have no words. It's what Isaiah it, didn't that same thing happen to Isaiah in Isaiah six? He sees the Lord high and lifted up and what does he say? Ah, ooh, my lips, no. They're unclean. I, I don't know what to say right now. And then he hears God calling him to mission. It's a fascinating scene. He's robed. He's suited up in majesty. Not only that, his belt is strength. He is strong, in other words, to save. 
Isn't that what uh, the song we sang, Rachel, concerning Jesus' name saved? The last song we sang, uh, Exceeding Joy. This name that has saved me, His name can be called on as His name means salvation. Jesus is salvation. And His belt, in other words, the center of what He's doing is strong. Now, when the world looks at Jesus, they see a failure. He died at 33. I'm just, what, two years off of that. That's not a long time to live by any standard. Not even of His day. His life was snuffed out of Him. And yet, what He accomplished was stronger than what anyone had ever accomplished. His strength, as as we again sang about this, and as Rachel was sharing with us, His strength is not, His wisdom is not the wisdom of the world. He doesn't use what we see as strong. Instead, He humbles the strong and uses the humble to produce His strength in the West. This is exactly what Paul says in Corinthians. It's exactly what happened with Nebuchadnezzar's life. He looks at his king and says, Ah, look what I've done. And God makes him into a type of beast mentally. And only when he repents and humbles himself does God restore his reason, his mind. You know, policemen, uh, I was thinking this morning, use a belt. Uh, very important that they have a belt. You know, that's kind of the centerpiece of their whole uniform, of what they're robed in. I mean, you know, a police officer without a belt, we look, oh, what's that guy going to do? But with a belt, he's got a taser, he's got a stick, he's got a um, handcuffs, he's got a gun, he's got a flat. I mean, he, all this stuff. Well, I just, I just picture, and, and even Revelation pictures Jesus when he comes back with a belt, a utility belt, so to speak. That is strong. In other words, the center of Him is strength. If you center on Jesus, His center is strength. Strength to save. Strength over your situation. Over your sin. Not only this, notice where He goes next. He says, He says, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. I think the psalmist in his mind thinks to himself, just look out there. I mean, sometimes we, you know, for instance, in a, in a job, when we're looking for a job, we put our resume out there, right? And what we have on that resume is things we've accomplished, you know? We, we, we list the school we went to. We, we list the, uh, the, the, maybe the master's work we've done. We list certain jobs or the quality that we produced at that job. We show our works so that somebody can hire us, so they want us. The psalmist says, you know what? God has the best resume. Look out there. He created the world thousands, maybe millions, who knows, of years ago, and it's still operating, and it's not going anywhere. No matter how many CO2 fumes we throw up in the air, it's not, we're not going to destroy the thing. Only God can bring an end to His world. His work is established forever. Just look out there. I mean, what He's done, we're still trying to figure out as humans. We're not even close. 
I know sometimes there's a facade because of our technology and because of our science that we're close to understanding everything in the world, and yet it's a joke when you start talking to those guys. They would tell you that, even the experts. This is a complicated place. It's a beautiful place. It's majestic. Excellent. His work is established. And I think He's given us that as a source of joy. A source of of not only joy, but peace. To say, look, if God can do that and carry His world through world wars, carry His world through great natural disasters, if, if the world is... He can establish you. Notice what's established next. He says the throne. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. In other words, the same affirmation that Revelation 1 had, and that is Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the A and the Z. He was in our beginning, and He will be at our end. But He Himself has no end or has no beginning. He is from everlasting. He's the Ancient of Days. He holds all our days in His hand. If you'll... Your bulletin has a picture, what's called an icon, of of Jesus as King. And it looks as if almost He's holding time in His hand. Because He's everlasting. He is seated in a position of power. He is at His Father's right hand who is the Father Almighty. Notice notice where He goes next. It's almost like the psalm shifts in verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Now why, why the repetition? Because He's building a case here. It's almost like He's saying, look, whatever flood may be coming into your life, The Lord knows about it. Sometimes we're flooded. I mean, you know, the old aphorism is true. When it rains, it pours. When one thing goes wrong, 20 things go wrong. I can attest to you that this weekend. Everything I've laid my hand to this weekend has failed. um, Quite frankly, including this morning. And, And I just, I mean, Jessica, you know... Was, was doubtful the sermon would be worth two cents this morning. Because everything I've done the past two days has absolutely failed. And I thought, to, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay. Uh, when I read this, you know, I read, I read, reread this, verse 3, and I thought to myself, that's me. I feel that flood rising. Okay, what's, I mean, just kind of look at, what's next, Lord? When, when's the next wave coming to wipe me out here, you know? Um... We feel like that sometimes. We feel like maybe our job is a flood. Maybe a family situation we're being flooded by. Um, There are countless things in our life that can flood us. Notice what he says. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. In other words, He's above it all. He's not going to get swept away with this flood. Uh, if you've never stood beside a waterfall, uh, a big one, not some you know podunk one that you find over here at um, Hurricane Creek Park, but some, some a big waterfall, uh, you can't even hardly hear. 
It's, it's so mighty. I mean, the, the power of water is fascinating. It really is. Uh, there's a new weapon out where, where they can diffuse bombs by blowing water into it, of all things. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's that powerful in our world, and yet the psalmist says, look, mighty waters thundering about us, kind of like you think of Niagara Falls. Not mightier than the Lord. No flood of evil, no flood of circumstance in your life or of fear is greater than God. Maybe this is just for me, but I need to know that He reigns over my flood situation. The Lord on high in that elevated position is mighty. And in verse 5, your decrees, your law, or we could say your word, the Bible, is very trustworthy. His word never fails. Our word fails. We get things wrong. We are unfaithful in our words. He never is. He never has been. His track record is perfect. It's why He's high and mighty. It's why He's majestic. And, and I know that, you know, I'm passing all these houses and they're decorating for Christmas. And here's what He says. The Lord decorates with holiness in His house. Verse 5. Holiness befits your house. Isn't that the picture of heaven we have? The very few times we're able to glimpse what's going on there, they're crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. Heaven and earth are filled with Your glory, Your weight, Your majesty, Your excellency. No one will see the Lord who is not holy. The term saint means holy one. That's actually what, what the term hagiaso is the, the Greek. I didn't sneeze. Hagiaso. You know, it's, it's, it's a Greek term. Um, we are all called to be holy ones. We're all called to be saints of God. It's fascinating in Corinthians, even with that troubled church, Paul writes them and says, saints of God... We are all called to be holy. And without that decoration in our life, you know, the military decorates, you know, here with all these, these metal, we are to be decorated with God's holiness. His house is filled with holiness. A holy life, O Lord, forevermore. Never to end. It wasn't that the promise to David way back in the Old Testament? You will have an heir. You will have a son. And his throne, his kingdom, will never end. That was tough to believe then. And maybe tough for us to believe now. But his kingdom will have no end. It's not like the nations who have come and gone that we read about in Daniel, even this morning. 
but instead His kingdom. This nation of priests that we are a part of, the kingdom of God, will have no end. Isn't it interesting that His kingdom is made of a nation of priests? His kingdom is a kingdom of priests. Not of warriors, but of people who mediate God and people. That's what a priest does. We are to have one hand reaching out to the lost and the other reaching out to God as a mediator, just as Jesus was. We say we're supposed to be like Jesus. That's what He came to do, was to be our high priest. Now, He's the high priest, but we're priests under that high priesthood. We are to be mediators in this world. Life can be discouraging when when we have to remind ourselves that He is King and we are not. Life can be tough. It can get tiresome. I know that sometimes I just think to myself, Lord, I, I think I'd be better off in a grave right now. I need a long sleep. I don't need just a 30-minute nap. I need a 30-year nap from this world. It gets tough sometimes. A lot of doubt that comes along with life. Uncertainty. But the song we sang earlier, I think is the best way to close out what I want to say this morning. And that is, it's going to be worth it. (laughs) It's going to be worth it. I have to look at Jessica sometimes, as I did just a moment ago, and I think to myself, with all the struggles that we go through with kids and, you know, finances and just the uncertainty of life in certain aspects, it's going to be worth it. Serving God is always worth it. It's In the end, we can't see it now. All I can see is the mountain in front of me, you realize. I can't see over the top. I'm not to the top. But it's going to be worth it. All those nights you have to stay up with your children, it's going to be worth it. Cleaning up this and that that they're spewing out of their bodies, it's going to be worth it. All the, all the arguments you've had as a couple trying to live together and work things out, it's going to be worth it. All the phone calls that you spent and invested in people who are your friends, it's going to be worth it. All the time you've shared Christ with other people, it's worth it. The time you've spent in prayer or reading the Scripture, it's going to be worth it. If you're investing in Jesus' kingdom, that kingdom's not going to end. Our stock market will crash one day. Let's be honest, it will. Every stock market of every nation has crashed. It's not going to be worth it in the end. You're going to die. That's, that's the most certain thing about our life, is, is, you know, at least empirically, is that we're going to die. Everybody can know that. You're going to die. But you know what? His kingdom will never die. The investment you're making in God's kingdom will never, ever go south. It's going to be worth it. I believe this. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. Today I needed to hear those words. I needed to know that the Lord reigns. I needed to know that it's going to be worth it.
all the time you spend at your job. All the troubles we go through in this life, it's going to be worth it. If Christ is King, if Christ is King, then I'm His subject. I'm called to be obedient. Look to the King this morning. He will return. When you least expect it, the Scripture says, He's going to return. There will be a return of the King. And this King, when He returns, it's all going to be over. And we'll enter into a place of rest. Rest from our work. Rest from our worries. Rest from this life. We'll enter into (laughs) heaven. And what a glorious day it will be when our Jesus we will see, when we look upon His face, the One who saved us by His grace. He takes us by the hand and He leads us through the promised land. What a day that will be. Amen.